On this week's show, the Ivy League becomes the first Division I conference to announce that it has canceled all sports for this fall. And the Washington Redskins decide to retire their nickname after 87 years. In our two-minute history lesson, we tell the story of Mike Wilson, the only man to play for five different pro football leagues. That and much more this week in the world of football. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of This Week in the World of Football. This is episode number 153 for July 14th, 2020. I'm your host, Randy Snow, and across the table from me, as always, is my son, Adam. Masks are mandatory. Here in Michigan, they are, yes. About stinking time, all (laughs) you dang non-mask wearers out there. I'm getting sick of you. Yeah, well, it should be nationwide, I think. Not just here in Michigan, but yeah, it's, it's mandatory here in Michigan now. All right, we come to you each week from the World of Football Man Cave, located right here in the center of the football world, Kalamazoo, Michigan. We're here to promote the game of football in all its many forms, past, present, and future. From the NFL to the CFL, high school, college, and indoor football, we inform and entertain our listeners with the glorious buffet that is the world of football. All this while keeping a close eye on the rich history of the game. Thanks for checking out our podcast. We'd love to get your feedback on one of our many platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So let's review what happened this past week, and we're going to start in the NFL, where the Washington football team has officially retired the Redskins' nickname. Yep. About <laughs> sticking time. Yeah, well, it's a long time coming. They, they've had it for 87 years. They started out as the Boston Braves in 1932. Then they became the Boston Redskins from 1933 to 1936. Um, they you know, moved to Washington, D.C., became the Washington Redskins in 1937. They won their first NFL title that first year in Washington uh, in 37. And a lot of, a lot of teams, you know, new nicknames have been thrown about. Uh, Red Wolves seems to be pretty popular. Uh, Warriors, everybody's thinking because he's already got that one. Uh, I saw one the other day that was the Red Clouds. You're the only person who I've heard talk about that. That's what? I, I don't know if you're making that up. If the you pod, had, what, the Red, the red Clouds? clouds yeah. Oh, no, that was in that article I told you I found, it, it, like the five top uh, top possible names for the Redskins. Mm. But I saw Red Clouds, and I really liked that. But I, that might be a little bit too Native American uh, Maybe. for the team. But I... I Washington Red Clouds is, is a nice one, I think. It would be but, cool to see them go unique, go with something that's not like in other sports leagues like the Warriors. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I, I guess I'm kind of cool with Red Wolves. I mean, we just saw that change actually not too far from us down the road. The Paw yes. Paw High School yes. team went from the Redskins to the Red Wolves. That, so. I just saw that logo today. I, I like the logo, uh, yeah. the Red Wolves logo. I haven't it's seen kinda, their logo, but I go to Paw cool. Paw all the time. Yep. Uh, yeah, your high school used to play them uh, yep. in sports, so yeah. Oh, they they were Redskins for many years. Yeah, I believe I read an article that said there's four schools still in Michigan that use the Redskins mm. uh, nickname. So, yeah. if well, with this change from the top of the football heap, you you'd think that's going to trickle down to some of these smaller schools. Yeah, just probably to change their names. Yeah, Marshall uh, on the other side of us. So 2005. Were, yeah, uh, they, uh, they went to the Red Hawks. Yep. And uh, but yeah, so there, there's two. I Redskins got friends who went nicknames. to the school there when they were in the process of changing that name. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's the thing to do, I guess, well, now. I, I mean, whatever they decide to go with, I hope it's unique enough. I hope it's also, you know, something that that fan base can rally behind. I, I know a coworker who is a Washington football fan. Mm. So, 
it'd be cool for him to to finally get off his high horse and you know <laughs> whatever this new team name is embrace it and uh you know get some new gear and just you know start moving ahead start, i mean your past will be your past and they're not taking away any of your super bowls they're not right. you know dismerging any of the great players that wore your team's colors but it's just time for a name change it's been time for a name change for years uh people can argue all day and long if it's offensive or not it's in the dictionary as a racial slur mm. so um and one argument i made today was i have not seen and this is this goes both ways i have not seen one way or the other a big contention of native that the native american community has not come out and said they agree with this decision or disagree with this decision mm. i don't I, I that's not to say that it's not happening i'm just saying i've not personally seen it you know via twitter i mean everything else is getting drowned out by uh you know the, the whole redskin you know washington football right. team and, and the way they're going about it and and i just the other thing i hope that comes out of this is that dan snyder does not come out looking like the good guy because <laughs> it took until sponsors right. pulled out that he had to right. make this name change so i hope history remembers that yep. and don't remember him for oh he finally got rid of that racial slur team nickname yeah and he, was, he was dead set against it for many yep, years he's and, been on video saying he would never change the name so but yeah money talks and oh yeah. and they stood to lose a lot of money if they didn't change it so um to me that was the whole uh, motivation for the change at this time was money yep you know? so we'll see what they, they change yeah. it to i'm looking forward to seeing whatever they come up with what's going to be curious to me is it takes a long time for an nfl team to go through the transition of Getting a new logo, getting right. all the new uniforms and well, stuff. So how much? Uh, we don't know if they've maybe behind the scenes been working on this for a while. Even though they they said they'd never change it, maybe they were they had a committee or they had somebody looking into it, saying, okay, what could we go with? What would be good? What do we what do we already own? Like the Washington Warriors, you know. I guess uh, he really wants to keep the team colors, which oh, yeah. I can I can understand that. Something I you didn't know, know about. Red, we we were listening and... to local sports talk yesterday, mm-hmm. and you know they talked about how. Owners want to own those colors. That way, yes. uh, you know, if anybody copies them or takes them, you can sue the pants off of them. So he, if he's already got these colors, I like the colors as they are. Sure, Keep sure. them uh, unless they can find a better color scheme, which I don't know. The only team that I know of that, that came up with a unique color, of course, you've got your Honolulu Blue in right. Detroit, which has been there since 1934. But I feel like every team has that, that particular color they have to rebrand. Like the, the Rams just got that bone white color now mm. and – what is it, uh, soul blue and and whatever else they've well, the, come up with for the them. Seahawks when they came up with their new logo uh, several years ago, many years ago now, uh, they came up with a shade of blue. And when they went to copyright it, there was nothing that was quite similar, so it became Seahawk blue. Mm. So that is the official name of that particular color of their helmets. Just now, because it's one blue. pixel off of another yeah, blue, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. But, it's crazy. But yeah. So, but now the question is, when will we see a new a new logo and a new team name for the Washington team? Could they possibly uh, play this season as the Washington Football Team uh, and work on this thing for a year? Have a blank helmet. And... Well, yeah. You know, just like the Cleveland Browns, you just put the stripes on there with no logo on the helmet. Uh, just keep everything the It'd same. Be, I'd be curious. Uh, just call them the Maroons. They got that burgundy <laughs> or that other. Uh, Technically burgundy. No, but, because then people would call them the Washington morons be, based on Congress and everybody being Well, there. I mean, they pretty much play like that anyway, so <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
Washington fans. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, they, I think somebody said typically it's like an eight-month process just to go through this. And they're trying to do this in less than two months. And depending right. on if the NFL season gets pushed back, that might buy them some more time. Right. But we'll see how fast yeah, this fast-tracking goes. Like, know. I'll I'll be curious one way or the other. Either it's going to be you can tell they rushed this or uh, they just have some of the best people working on it and they were able to pull off a miracle. Well, they, you know, they could just have a block W like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers do, just a plain old W on the side of their helmet um, or maybe uh, like a, a script W or something. Maybe they'll just take know. the logo and it'll just be that white circle with the yellow around it for now. So I don't just know. Be a circle. But, you know, they, they could have a temporary logo, like I said, just a W on the helmet. Or uh, script. Yeah, just and, then, and then come up with a permanent logo in a year or so. Um, I, I really don't know. So that's yep, something that's, that we'll just have to wait That's kind of the see. thing everybody's waiting on. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and some other NFL news. Well, it's not really NFL news, but uh, if you watch NFL, you are probably watching and listening to ESPN. I was shocked the other day when I heard that Golik and Wingo has been canceled by ESPN. Their last day is going to be July 31st. Um, like I said, it was just a total shock to me. I mean, he did Mike and Mike for so many years with Mike Greenberg. Yeah, Mike Golick Sr. Yeah. yeah, and and then he did, you know, they did Golick and Wingo where Mike Golick Jr. was in there with them. Um, I, I thought it was, it was a fine show. It's not that I watched it all the time, but it was, you know, I'd seen him on TV that time of the morning for so many years that right. he was just a staple there in the morning. And so I was just shocked that, that they were going to cancel the show, and I don't know what they're going to replace it with. But I believe it's like Keyshawn Johnson and oh, a couple no. other guys. Oh, my God. The guys that, who, who I just couldn't care less about. Uh, yeah. They're, they're uh, broadcasting personalities. I just I just don't care. And I don't get to listen to Golick and Wingo in the morning. I liked listening to them, especially during football season. I would I would list, at least download their podcast, listen mm-hmm. to them every day, yeah. uh, catch up. And they, I think they put on a fine show, and sure. I, like, I like the guys and – it's really sad to see it go. I'm not sure what uh, the cancellations for is because each of them want to do their own thing. It does, I don't or know. are just uh, I didn't really hear broadcast it. numbers down because of COVID nineteen. Like well, that could be, you know, they they had been they've uh, been off air for a while. Like well, they weren't on TV until they recently. Were, yeah, they were like broadcasting from their separate homes for a while. So you just got a logo or some animation right. on TV, but and you can hear them. Now they're all in Golick's basement. Well, it's like an outdoor patio or something. Huh. That lately they've been doing that because oh. they had a couple of dogs. So I don't get to watch there. it. I, I thought they they've said they were in Golick's basement. So I don't know. Yeah, I think they were, but I think recently they were they were in a, on a backyard patio or something. Oh. Uh, but I guess uh, uh, Mike Golick Sr. is going said that he's going to be working college games this fall, uh, which he's done before. He's done a lot of Notre Dame He's always Dame been stuff. a great – I thought he was always a great sure. uh, yeah. analyst when it comes to doing live games. I've watched him in college. We've watched him do arena football. Yep. So I think he'll be great. Yep. He should be a guy on Monday Night Football. Give him the job. <laughs> well, there you go. But it, supposedly what I read is that he's going to do college games this fall for ESPN and for ABC – but if there's not going to be a college season, he's going to be out of work a little longer. And they still haven't made an official announcement about who's going to be your Monday Night Football yeah. broadcaster. So yeah, yeah I say, maybe I would say put Mike and Mike back together, make them do Monday Night Football. <laughs> well, no, there they you go. did. That's they did idea. Arena Football together, and I liked it a lot. Hmm. So yeah, yeah. Hey, it's a possibility. Okay, uh, tomorrow is the deadline for Dak Prescott to agree to a long-term contract with the Dallas Cowboys. You remember that he signed a uh, franchise agreement a few weeks ago for $31.4 million for one season. Do you think they're going to get a deal nope. done in time? I don't think so I'm, either. I'm going to give it a big no, hmm. especially after uh, Patrick Mahomes' contract. I don't see this happening. If, hmm. I mean, if it happens, it'll be a miracle, and I'll 
Say so you, I was wrong next week. So you think he's just going to play out this? I say he play, and, and I think that's the smartest thing to do: play out this one year. See uh, who, who wants him next year, and yep, just and, sell himself to the highest bidder. And don't do, doesn't the NFL have a CBA? Neg- oh wait, no, they just passed that CBA. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, but I think it'd be curious. I think he plays this out, and then see if there's a bidding war next year. I, mm. I, I if I were him, I'd do that because Dallas has totally showed him no love. I'm not saying Dak's a great quarterback, but I definitely don't think he's a terrible quarterback. Uh, I'd say he's a top 15. He's efficient. He's definitely, uh, you know, done a lot for that Dallas team since he's come into the league, mm-hmm. and they haven't paid him. Quarterbacks mm-hmm. are the most uh, valuable position, and what have the Cowboys decided to do instead? They're paying their running back a crap ton of money, and they're paying that wide receiver a boatload of money, and Dak is just sitting here left in the cold. So, if I were Dak, yeah, play your, get your $31 million right now. You probably don't won't be the highest-paid quarterback in the league because that belongs to Mr. Mahomes. And mm-hmm. I think even Russell Wilson, who makes $35 million right. a season, I don't even think I'd pay him that much. So even though the tradition is you get paid more than everybody else when it's your turn to get a contract, which at some point that's going to have to stop. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, the market's just going to keep resetting, which is fine. That's how the market works. But – I think the 31.4 is the right amount of money. Make your money, Dak, and then go see who's going to pay you next year because there are going to be a few teams that will probably pay for his services more than the Cowboys are willing to. Mm. Yeah. And speaking of contract extensions, uh, defensive end for the Cleveland Browns, Miles Garrett is close to signing a five-year extension on his cro- contract worth $125 million. Yeah, that's a big deal. Miles Garrett's one of the best uh, defensive players in the entire league. Yeah. Uh, and $125 million ain't nothing to sneeze at. It ain't Mahomes' <laughs> money. Sure. Um, and, and I'm not sure how much of it is guaranteed. I thought mm. I si- wasn't sure if it was him or if it was somebody else. Somebody's getting at least $60 million, uh guaranteed. I could be wrong if it was him or somebody else I was looking at. But still, $125 million ain't nothing to sneeze at. You're, oh, sure. You know, getting locked up in Cleveland. So. Okay. Well, this uh, next story isn't really uh, NFL news, but Deion Sanders' son, Shadur, Shadir, I'm not sure how he's pronounced that, S-H-E-D-E-U-R, I'd say Shadur, uh, has verbally committed to play quarterback at Florida Atlantic University in Conference USA. He led his high school team uh, there in Texas to two state titles and has a 27-1 and record. That's pretty darn impressive. Uh, high school football in Texas is nothing to sneeze at, and if you can do that well at Texas high school football, you're pretty darn good. He had offers from 25 different colleges, including Florida, where his dad went to school. But I don't know why he chose Florida Atlantic University. But was it just the fastest track to being the starter? At I don't know. Such a you know, as a freshman, maybe a spot where if he blows up there, he could transfer to a bigger school. Mm. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, I, I I did scratch my head when I saw this. If he well, that's a verbal commitment right now. Which and verbal means commitment means diddly. nothing in writing, but yeah. that's, you know, maybe maybe he's throwing that out there to get a better offer from another college. Who knows? Well, I mean, if you're already getting offers from 25 other schools, including a Florida, uh, what better can they offer you? I mean, scholarships are scholarships yeah. unless there's something under the table, which <laughs> I'm sorry. If you're Deion Sanders' son, which you no, probably don't need We know that never happens. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you keep acting like that. But I don't know. I as soon as I saw it, it was Dion's kid, I was like, oh, he's got to be playing at a big school. Right. Florida Atlantic is not a big school. Sure, they got Lane Kiffin, who I believe is their head coach. Uh, oh, 
Maybe that's got something to do and with he, it. And he, what did he sign? He signed like a 10-year contract with them, which is also means diddly in, mm-hmm. the, in the world of college because yeah. coaches jump around all the time. So who knows? Uh, I guess we'll have to keep an eye out and see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in some CFL news, the CFL is now asking for just $45.2 million from the Canadian government to help keep the league afloat during the pandemic, whereas originally they were asking for $150 million in government support. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're lowering their expectations, and uh, they still don't know. They don't have a firm date for the restart of the season. They can't begin playing until at least September 1st. So they've got a few months to try and get some money to keep them going. If there's if there's no season at all, they were going to need more money. But I, you know, I think they're hoping that yeah, we will have a season, so we won't need all that money. Um, but who knows? Uh, Hard to say with the NHL going to play up in Canada, and you know, Canada's COVID numbers are far, 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 far lower than the United <laughs> States. So um, you would think that Canada would have a little easier of a time, maybe getting uh, their league rolling yeah. but and they're talking about having a couple of hub cities you know maybe having uh, uh, all the teams in the west go to one city and play all their games at one stadium and the same in the east so we'll have to see how that shakes and out too same same thing we've said with the nfl with some of these other leagues watch what these professional leagues are about to do here in the next well literally next week we're going to be talking about the baseball season starting mm-hmm. up and then the week after that you got basketball and hockey starting up yeah, because we're almost into August. So yeah, and there's there's already problems with some of those. I mean, some of the teams having to uh, stop their practices because somebody's. Well, sure, you got the MLS COVID. teams playing right now. You've literally, literally had two teams drop out of this MLS tournament because mm-hmm. of players getting it. Yeah. So, boy, I just I just don't see a, a good safe way for anybody to to bring these leagues back right now. I think I think Canada will be the safe bet. I think that's what a lot of thinking is. Canada's got a bit better handle on the situation than. The United States, and for some dumb reason, two of our sports leagues, the MLS and NBA, have decided to go to the hot spot in the United States, which is Florida, <laughs> yeah. for some dumb reason. Well, it wasn't a hot spot probably, you know, uh, three or four weeks ago when they decided to, to go to Florida, but since then, it's all changed, well, and now it is a hot you, spot. They had plenty of time to change their mind about going to Florida exclusively. They could mm-hmm. have gone to the middle of nowhere Montana. Yeah and been fine probably but we we will see uh if any of this happens and climate like i'm saying all cfl nfl and college football or college sports in general they're kicking back and they got to watch what these other professional leagues are doing because if they can get a handle on it that might be the template for what uh they can do or how to handle their situations better yeah i don't know i've We'll see. Yeah, we got some more stories. Everything changes up, so. all the time. So yeah, well, one more story out of the the CFL. The Edmonton Eskimos are now under pressure once again to change their name, uh, uh, and that's coming from some of their sponsors. Last year, I think the Edmonton Eskimos were getting a lot of heat, and they they did a review like the Redskins did, um, where they talked. They went to a lot of uh, Inuit tribes in Canada, and they talked to them and. And when it was all said and done, they said, uh, you know, we're going to keep the name. We've talked to them. We, we understand how they're feeling or they understand how we're feeling. So, you know, we thought it was all put to rest. But now all of a sudden, with this change in the Redskins name, uh, it's come back around again that the Edmonton Eskimos are kind of under, under fire for uh, using what they consider in Canada as kind of a racial slur against the Inuit people up there. So we'll see if, if they change their, their nickname. Um, I'm... If they were were to change their name, I would think they would go with something like the Edmonton Eagles. That way, they could keep the EE logo that they've always had, and you know, the same colors and everything. But who knows? 
who knows what's going to happen there. All right, moving on to a little college news. Uh, we said in the opening, the Ivy League announced that it has canceled all fall sports. Um, they're going to reevaluate in January if they're going to play in the spring or not. They are the first uh, Division One league. They're at the FCS level, but uh, they're the first entire league to say, that's it, that we're, this league is not playing this year. And right after that, then it was the Big Ten saying that they were only going to play conference games this fall, and they became the first Power Five con- uh, conference to do so. And that was quickly followed by the Pac-12 saying, yeah, we're only going to do conference uh, games too. And there's been a lot of talk that the SEC is uh, possibly heading in that direction. Well, too. we'll see. So, we'll yeah, we'll see about that. But, man, now you're talking the money conferences that really want to play. They want to keep that money rolling in. So we'll see what the big ones do. You know, the Ivy League, sure, the, they can afford to put uh, their athletes first and not think so much about money. But, yeah, you get up there in the SEC and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and those Power Five conferences, they stand to lose a lot of money. And, you know, there were some com- uh, conversations on the news yesterday as local sports where they were talking about if they do move things to the spring – you know, and then they have a, a regular season again in the fall. So now you've got some of these college kids that are playing in the spring, you know, maybe Mar- March, April, May time frame. Then they got to turn right around and get ready in August and September to play a whole other season. Yeah. I mean, it's been done before. Players jump back and forth between the USFL and the NFL, you know, back in the 80s. And, uh, you know, our own Michael Bishop that played for the Grand Rapids Rampage as a quarterback. As soon as that season was over with, he was over to Canada, and he'd go play a season there, and he'd come back, and in the spring, pick up with the Arena Football League. He did that for a couple of years, but, you know, a, a few players maybe can do that, but when you're asking a lot of college kids to play a whole football season in the spring and then turn around, you know, if you're a sophomore, junior, and then play again in the fall. Or if you're players like Trevor Lawrence, who is the projected number one pick for next year's draft, like, if they move your season to the spring, do you even play? Do you yeah. just say, I'm done? And then on top of that, how many more players follow? If you if you yeah. have a first round, uh, second, third, I mean, if you have any sort of draft uh, prospect whatsoever, do you just sit out? And if that happens, that's hundreds of kids across the country that yeah. we, like, we'd be looking at. Like, oh, so I'm not going to get to see Trevor Lawrence or uh, whoever, some of these other guys across these other schools, mm-hmm. you know? So... It's, it's a lot to think about, and but I'll, at the same time, you have to do what is best for, and I guess we can't call them kids because they're not kids. They are technically adults. They make their decisions. They're still students, I say. Well, they're students, but they're, they're not kids. They, they are adults, technically. If you're over 18, you are an adult in this country. <laughs> yes. Uh, whether or not you decide to act like it is I a different... I know a lot of 18-year-olds that don't know nothing. So. I'm a 31-year-old who knows <laughs> nothing. So, But but to me, you got to do it in their best interest in, in their safety yeah, yeah. and i think at some point if you instead of swapping seasons and and i hate to say it i would almost say unless you're going to be permanently stuck in the spring forever that way your kids aren't having to do that shift yeah. like playing 30 games a, this year alone that's a heck of a lot to ask a, a kid to, to put their body through right uh, but I'd say just cancel the season and just come back next year. Unfortunately, I hate to say that. Yeah, but I, I can't. That... I can't see them uh, doing a spring season and then having guys be in the NFL. You're missing guys, and I think it's just going to throw everything off. And I think the best thing you can do is to just cancel and hope everything can be back to normal next year. And we'll, it's just a lost year. It's crazy. Yeah, we just got to deal with it. 
Yeah, I was I was all in favor of spring football, at least for the Ivy League. But if the, it, but if the Ivy League stays in the spring all the time, that works. Well, I'm, I don't think they would stay in the spring all the time. But still, even if they do, if they're say the only ones that actually play in the spring, they would have to play two seasons in one year. But you know the the competition at the Ivy League is is not the same. You know, being no. at an FCS level as you know a Power Five conference. I don't. I, I wouldn't care. Regardless, you shouldn't have to put your body through that type of True. So I think what I'm saying is I'm I'm kind of in favor of maybe not playing in the spring. Just just cancel it. You know, forget yep. this year. This has been a total waste Wash. of a year. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, I th- it all started when the Rams, the LA Rams, came up with that stupid logo, and from then on, it's been downhill ever since. No. I, I I'm not gonna say I, I blame them for it, but it sure is probably sound, quite sure a coincidence like you are. that right after they came out with that silly logo of theirs, the whole year went to crap. Well, Just my opinion. Uh, <laughs> I would more blame the uh, pandemic itself, not a weird uh, football uniform. Uh, but whatever, you're allowed to believe what you want to believe in, I guess. Yeah, that's your opinion, and you're stuck with it. Um, okay, uh, moving on to some more college news. Uh, Wisconsin versus Northwestern game, which was originally scheduled to be played at Wrigley Field in Chicago on November 7th, has been canceled, of course. Uh, that game will be played if they have a season, but now it's going to be played at Northwestern. Uh, the FCS Patriot League has canceled all of their fall sports. Um, that's a league that includes Lehigh and Lafayette, the, uh, the two teams that we featured in a history lesson just a few weeks ago as the, the two teams with the most played games in their series in all of college football. Uh, something I did not know is that uh, the uh, Army Academy and the Navy Academy are both Patriot League schools except in football. Uh, at the uh, FBS level, Army plays as an independent and Navy plays in the American Athletic Conference. So the fact that they're not going to be any Patriot League games this fall uh, does not affect them. But as an independent team, if, a lo- if all these other conferences are saying we're only going to play um, conference games, that leaves Army out in the cold. Whereas yep, Navy with, could play a few games. Same what everybody's thinking with Notre Dame. Like, Notre Dame, Are, are yep. they going to buddy up with the ACC? Well, maybe they'll make an exception for, for, the, for the independent uh, uh, schools there. I don't, I don't know how that's going to work yeah. out, but it, it's interesting. What else? Uh, Division III's Centennial Conference announced that it is suspending all uh, spring, well, all sporting events for the fall. So there you've got a, an entire conference. Uh, up until now, it seems like we've had a lot of individual schools that have said they weren't going to close. Uh, we might have had a conference or two, but the Centennial Conference has said that uh, they will not be participating in anything. The National Junior College Athletic Association, these are your two-year colleges like Snow College and Ephraim, Utah, that, uh, that plays football. The ones that were fe- featured on that one, um, oh, what's the name of that show? It's not Hard Knocks. I don't um, care. I don't watch that crap anymore. <laughs> but yeah, they used to follow Last the, Chance U. Last Chance U. Yes, that's what I was thinking of. Thank you. Uh, all those teams, uh, they're going to be moved to the spring. I mean, that's uh, they've already said, we're going to play in the spring. So uh, I think we are going to have some kind of football this year in the spring. Maybe not a lot, but uh, a few. And then finally in college football, the FCS Hampton University in Virginia has canceled all their fall sports. And they play in the big south conference so even at the fcs level you've got individual schools saying we're out for this year so how is that going to affect the rest of the conference will the rest of the conference you know call it quits who knows but yeah uh, a lot of individual teams and some conferences are saying 
we just don't want to deal with it this year. And I, I can't blame them. It's just been a heck of a year, and there are no good answers. Things keep changing so much that you never know. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, another thing here, the X-League, which is what used to be the Lingerie Football League, has a new chairperson, a uh, new chairman, and that is Mike Ditka, oh. the Pro Football Hall of Famer, has decided to become the chairman of that league. Okay. Interesting. Uh, you know, I guess they felt they needed to legitimize themselves by getting a, a Hall of Famer to, you know, be the face of their league when it when it comes back next year. They've canceled everything for this year, so they've got eight teams that are going to pick up play in 2021. So this is just their way of... Uh, Trying to legitimize himself, I guess. Yeah, good luck with that. I don't care if you got Mike Dick. <laughs> I know I'm the one who sent you this story, but I could care less about this league. Yeah, well, I probably would have seen it anyway, but I just think it's interesting that he would uh, align himself uh, with that league. Oh, yes. Yeah, so who wouldn't want to align themselves with a bunch of beautiful women who just happen to play football in scantily clad uniforms? Okay. <laughs> okay. Mike Dick is human. <laughs> That's all that story tells me. Okay. He has blood pumping in his veins. Well, he, he might be old, but I guess he's not too old. Yeah. All right, moving on to Arena Football TV on YouTube. They posted, what is it, six or eight more games? I guess it's uh, six six more games uh, in the past week. And four of them feature the Orlando Predators um, and also two Arena Bowls. Uh, they started this week, you know, where every day this week they're posting a different Arena Bowl. And they started out uh, yesterday with the Albany Firebirds versus the Orlando Predators, which is Arena Bowl 13 from 1999. And then today they posted the Arizona Rattlers versus the Predators from Arena Bowl 8 in 1994. But they had a Detroit Drive game, Georgia Force game, New Orleans Knights, Colorado Crush. God, who else they got out there? New Jersey Red Dogs, Arizona Rattlers. A lot of great games that they've been posting. I, I just can't wait to see what games they come up with next yeah that's it's, always it's, the big question yeah. i mean they've they've laid out which games they're posting this week that right. which is rare they All usually don't tell you until the day they post it maybe right. they tease you but right hey they're doing they're doing some good stuff over there like yes. i said they're doing the lord lord's work they are keeping the history of the great arena football league alive until hopefully prayerfully one day we can get the league back again in, in business arena but, football 3.0 yeah whatever i don't care what it takes it's just get it done Animal sacrifices and uh, devil no, magic. No, no, not that. We don't want to go that far. You want the league back, don't you? We might have to get the devil magic. We might have to go down to the border, go into a, a state we don't care about. Probably got to go down to Louisiana. Indiana? Probably Louisiana. Ohio? Nah, probably Louisiana. You got to win a song contest or something and, uh, you know, sell your soul to a... Oh, like the Blues Brothers yeah, did in, in like, Blues Brothers 2000? I guess, yeah. I think that's the plot I'm trying to... I can't, okay. That's all I remember. Something about souls and... New, <laughs> Louisiana. It was a they were they were auditioning for a voodoo queen down there. That's oh, see, so all we need is a voodoo queen, and then we'll get our arena football back. Let's get on it. Well, there was the New Orleans voodoo uh, team down there. All right, let's move on to something else. We got some birthdays today, July fourteenth. Happy birthday to Rosie Greer, who turns eighty-eight years old today. He was a defensive lineman with the L.A. Rams and their famous fearsome foursome uh, defensive front of the nineteen sixties. He was uh, one-fourth of it, along with Merlin Olson, Lamar Lundy, and Deacon Jones. Uh, Rosie Greer was actually drafted by the Giants in the third round of the 1955 NFL Draft. He played with the Giants in 1955 through 1962, and then he went to the L.A. Rams from 63 to 66. 
He won an NFL championship with the Rams, or I'm sorry, with the Giants in 1956. Uh, he wrote a book on needlepoint. Uh, he got a lot of uh, good-natured uh, ribbing for that, but it was something that he enjoyed doing, and uh, so he wrote a book on that. And he was in a movie called The Thing with Two Heads in 1972. I posted a... Uh, uh, a link to the movie trailer earlier today uh, from YouTube on our Twitter page. It's it's so hysterical. <laughs> it's you got to check it out. Uh, he he also in his life he helped subdue Sirhan Sirhan after he assassinated Bobby Kennedy. He was working security for the Kennedy family that day, uh, and we featured that in a history lesson uh, number forty five back in June of twenty eighteen. So Rosie Greer just has had an incredible life and. Uh, uh, Happy birthday, Rosie. Um, many, many more birthdays, I, I hope. Another birthday today, uh, Gerald Ford, uh, the 38th president of the United States, was born on this date in 19, or, yeah, 1913. He passed away in 2006. He would have been 107 years old today. And he's buried right up the road in Grand Rapids at the Gerald Ford Museum and Library, Presidential Library up there. He played center at the University of Michigan in the 1930s, and he won back-to-back -back college football national championships in 1932 and 1933. He went on to become an assistant coach at Yale University while he was attending the Yale Law School there. And uh, we featured uh, President Ford in a history lesson, uh, number 133, uh, back in February of this year, and a story about he and his, uh, uh, or him and his uh, college roommate Willis Ward who was an African-American and they were playing I think it was Georgia Tech and uh, Tech did not want uh, Willis Ward to play and they were threatening to uh, walk off the field and forfeit the game if, if he played in the game and um, Michigan was going you know did capitulate to that they they said we'll, we'll put out one of our players if you keep him off the field and Gerald Ford did not like that at all he threatened to quit the team went to the coach and said you know this is not right and Willis Ward talked him into playing in that game saying that we need you and uh, and that was the only team the only game they won that whole year uh, so that was quite a uh, quite a story that uh, a lot of people don't know about uh, one last thing not a birthday today but on this date in 1985 the last USFL championship game was played at Giants Stadium in East Rutherford New Jersey the Baltimore Stars defeated the Oakland Invaders 28 to 24 interesting thing that the uh, Michigan Panthers won the first championship and in 1985 the Panthers merged with the Oakland Invaders so quarterback Bobby Hebert and wide receiver Anthony Carter were playing for Oakland so they were in their second um, championship game for the USFL that year came up just a little bit short the Baltimore Stars uh, won that game we do have a couple of obituaries to talk about today also uh, this is where we take a moment to honor those who've made the world of football a better place. The first one is a gentleman by the name of King Dixon, who was a college football athletic director, uh, or actually a college athletic director, not just football, but he's passed away of pancreatic cancer at the age of 83. Dixon played college football at the University of South Carolina from 1956 to 1958, he was an all-conference halfback and co-captain of the football team in 1958. After graduating in 1959, he went on to serve in the Marine Corps for 22 years, seeing combat in Vietnam. He earned a Bronze Star and two other medals for heroism during his service and retired at the rank of Lieutenant Colonel. He returned to his alma mater and uh, was the Associate Vice Principal for Alumni Affairs before becoming the school's Athletic Director from 1988 to 1992. 
It was Dixon who made the decision to accept an invitation for a school to join the Southeastern Conference in 1990. All right, our next obituary is that of Bob Hitchens, a halfback in college and has passed away at the age of 68. Hitchens played his college football at the University of Miami, Ohio. He was named the Mid-American Conference Offensive Player of the Year in 1972, and the school has retired his jersey, number 40. He went on to play two seasons in the NFL with the New England Patriots and then the Kansas City Chiefs as well as the Pittsburgh Steelers in the mid-70s. After his brief NFL career, Hitchens went on to be an assistant coach at the Division III Carnegie Mellon University. He also served as an assistant coach for Miami of Ohio from 1980 to 1987. Hitchens was inducted into the Miami University Hall of Fame in 1980. All right, that brings us up to this week's history lesson. And in our two-minute history lesson this week, we're going to tell the story of Mike Wilson, the only man to play for five different pro football leagues. Here at the World of Football, we strive to educate our listeners on the many various football leagues that have come and gone over the years. We feel that it is important that they be remembered for their contributions to the football world. This is the story of one man who actually played in five different pro football leagues between 1969 and 1983. Michael DeForest Wilson grew up in Ohio and played college football at the University of Dayton. He was selected in the 14th round of the 1969 NFL Draft by the Cincinnati Bengals of the American Football League. Wilson played guard and tackle for the AFL Bengals in 1969 and for the NFL Bengals in 1970. The NFL and the AFL had not technically merged into a single league when Wilson was drafted in 1969. That would not happen until 1970 but the two leagues had been conducting a combined player draft since 1967. In 1971, Wilson played for the Buffalo Bills, but was out of football in 1972 and 1973. He then played for the Detroit Wheels of the World Football League in 1974. He also played for the WFL's Chicago Winds and the Philadelphia Bell in 1975. When the WFL folded in September of 1975, Wilson returned to the NFL and played the remainder of the 1975 season with the Kansas City Chiefs. Over the next five seasons, Wilson played in the Canadian Football League, first for the Hamilton Tiger Cats from 1976 to 1978, and then for the Edmonton Eskimos in 1979 and 1980. He was named the CFL's most outstanding offensive lineman both years that he played in Edmonton, as well as winning two Grey Cup titles. His quarterback in Edmonton was none other than Warren Moon, who led the Eskimos to five consecutive Grey Cup titles. Wilson was out of football once again in 1981 and 1982, but he finished his playing career in 1983 in the United States Football League. He split his time that season playing for the Los Angeles Express and the Washington Federals. Many players can lay claim to playing in both the NFL and the CFL over the course of their careers, but Mike Wilson is the only player who actually played for 10 teams in five different pro football leagues. The NFL, the CFL, the American Football League, the World Football League, and the USFL. 
That's five more football leagues than either of us have played combined. <laughs> well, you know, we've I've seen NFL, I've seen no, but CFL. we've seen we've seen I've, a lot of things. I'm I've talking about USFL suit up and play. And, oh well, of course, but uh, we don't even have two seasons of uh, middle school and <laughs> high school football between us. You didn't play? No, I played one season. You played one season. Well, yeah, you did play middle school football. Yeah, that's it. Okay, one year. So we have two seasons of football. That's what I'm saying. Us. No more than two years uh, of just you said that. We don't even us. have two seasons. Well, we do. define a season. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah, incredible story of uh, of Mike Wilson. Okay, uh, upcoming events: July twenty eighth, NFL training camps are set to open. Yeah, we'll see about yeah, that. Right. Yeah, okay. Teams um, they they said who the rookies for the Chiefs and the Texans are supposed to show up this weekend hmm, for something. Is it this weekend, okay. I guess for something, but. Uh, apparently there's been rumors that the NFL doesn't have any real policies in place for the COVID testing yet. So mm. they're supposed to show up. They're supposed to take tests by Thursday and then report Saturday and they should have their test by Saturday. So going to quarantine after that. Well, just to, I, I don't know, but apparently they need to get their crap together because nobody knows exactly like where do we need to get tested? How come that hasn't been set up yet? Mm. And that's two days away. So what's going on NFL? You've had all this time to get your crap together, and you're definitely not getting your crap together. Well, I I really have a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that that's actually going to happen. See, I think it's going to get pushed back a couple weeks. We're going to get the cancellation of the full preseason, yep. and uh, we'll probably jump right into the regular season. Yeah, they they might even uh, cancel a couple of regular season games or just, at least just to push to things the, back a little yeah. bit, and and eventually they might just cancel altogether. Or here's another scenario for you. They actually do get things started, but then after a couple of weeks, there'll be so many cases that break out that they're going to have to cancel the season after that. Yeah, well, so they're going to get a few games We'll in. see. Wear your masks, everybody. That way nothing gets canceled. Yeah. God, I'm sick of yeah, not man. having football. Okay, uh, August 11th, uh, our third anniversary show, episode 157. A.K.A. Yeah. will be a dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah, but it's our third dumpster fire, so there you go. September 10th, the 101st NFL regular season, supposed to kick off. Yeah, you need to put air quotes around that. Yeah. Asterisks or air quotes around that. And September, But September 17th, uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame Centennial Class is supposed to be inducted. We don't know if that's going to happen, but it is the 100th anniversary of the founding of the NFL in uh, Ralph Hayes' Hupmobile showroom there in Canton. Yep. So you, you can't stop the anniversary from coming, but you may stop the celebration from coming. All right. Anything that you saw on your phone pop up while we've been talking? Nope. I think we, we are in the clear for you to go get your. Uh, uh, I gotta go get an eye test. Oh, eye test. I was gonna say <laughs> rectal exam, but no, oh, just an eye good test. Good for you. Okay, uh, that's it for this week. If you learned something during our podcast this week <laughs> about the incredible amount of diversity that exists in the world of football then we've done our job. Visit our website at theworldoffootball.com for news, links, upcoming events, videos, and more. Our email address, if you want to email us, is info at theworldoffootball.com. You can like The World of Football on Facebook at TWOF Kalamazoo, where we post a lot of unique stories, pictures, and highlights from all over the world of football. You can also follow us on Twitter. The address is at TWOF Kalamazoo. New episodes of this podcast are posted every Tuesday and are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So please subscribe, rate, review, let us know what you think, and please wear a mask and be a part of the football 
conversation. And remember, folks, some people may love football more than we do, but nobody loves more football than we do. Because we wear masks and we want football to come back. So wear your stinking masks. That's right. Do it for football. Do it for football. Join us again next week when we'll review all the happenings in and around the world of football. Until then, I'm Randy Snow. And I'm Adam Snow, who will be wearing a mask when I am out in public. See you all next week.